0: The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not
1: of Reuters News. Does a company boss deserve a $500 million payout for a successful merger? And why are health insurance companies jumping into bed with what at times seem to be completely different companies? These are the questions we'll be tackling on this edition of The Views Room, a weekly conversation among Breaking Views columnists about the ups and downs of the world of finance. I'm your host, Anthony Curry. So Aetna Chief Executive Mark Bertolini is bagging half a billion dollars just from selling the insurance company to drugstore chain operator CVS Health. It's almost perfectly timed for the coming tax cuts the Trump administration is about to gift to the uber-wealthy. But does Bertolini deserve it? Joining me to work this out is our very own Rob Sirin. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? How's it going? Good. So, does he? I mean, why is he getting half a billion dollars? Well, it's it's both he does and he doesn't. Um, let's start with... so. You're, you you Don't you hedge your answers, well, young man.
0: The, the answer is no. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's just go with that. So, Aetna's done really well for its shareholders. Over the past, um, since he, he became CEO in 2010, this, the stock's gone up sixfold. Um, and so... I take that investors are pretty happy with that and and a lot of the money he's earned is basically so he he got paid a lot he gets paid a lot per year he got paid about 17 million dollars last year i think it was um and he's got that in stock and options and he's kept it he hasn't basically sold any of that so that means and also he's also received more options over the years so the options that have not vested vested the ones that were vested have appreciated in price in all he's walking away with 500 million dollars. So,
1: how, how much of, of what he what he who will he should get or what he will get if this deal is consummated will come from um, stock and options he's gathered? Do you think?
0: Um, well, just about 80 million or so is just going to be the premium from like, pre uh, from options uh, that he's granted, but have invested will invest, and then he'll he'll get this big payout from that. The majority of it is from stock he's been granted a while ago. He's kept. And now he's walking away with, with all the stock that's appreciated wildly since he was granted it.
1: Okay. And uh, the interesting point you're making is that um that he hasn't sold any. Now this this is I mean generally we see this as good corporate governance, right? I mean okay, executives do sometimes need to sell stock to you know cover taxes or whatever, but to keep your stock the entire time you're CEO is a pretty good thing, right? Yeah. I mean shareholders will, will be in favor because it means
0: that you know if you have an executive who's every year's selling as, as soon as he's granted shares, You may have different motivations than someone who's got a lot of skin in the game, as they call it. However, let's step back and look and say, if you look at all the other health insurers they have also gone up by similar amounts, Um, Aetna's performance over the past seven years is basically right in the middle of the pack. Um, And that's because all of the insurers have benefited tremendously from um, the ACA Obamacare. Uh, That's expanded the number of patients under the system. Um, who have insurance, and that's been great
1: for the insurers. So, really, I mean, it's not so much that, that it's great leadership. I mean, not not to put him down. I, I frankly no idea if he's been a great leader or not internally, but he has benefited as of the others from policies that they have nothing to do with.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, you know, he he don't don't sell him too short. You know, he did he did something like he bought he did made a big acquisition. I think it was in two thousand twelve into into um, an insurer that specialized in Medicare and Medicaid patients. So. That was particularly uh, efficacious. It was good for uh, to do when Obamacare right. was expanding. That said, you know, does he really deserve this money? Probably not, because you know, frankly, all the all the bosses will say, "Hey, look at what I did," and. You know, basically anyone anyone could have done that. And there,
1: I mean, we we talked a minute ago about the the fact that he he wasn't displaying any sort of perverse incentives by selling stock, but by, by keeping it, he was you know, aligning himself purely with his day job. But by racking up so much, arguably the incentives then become skewed to sell.
0: To sell, yeah, that, that that could be the case. However, you know, I'd I'd look at it and say, okay, so what's happening to the ACA? Is it is it under threat? Well, it seems like it is. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and you have to think, okay, if if this person, if this guy was made a really wise bet on the future of the ACA in 2012 and has, you know, had the foresight to keep all his money there, making a huge leverage bet on this, and now he's selling, he better take note of that.
1: Yeah. So if you're an investor, it's like, hmm. If, if you haven't even already worked this that, we've seen so many of the insurers obviously pull out of all or parts of Obamacare over the past year, year and a half or more.
0: Yeah. They, but the, the big... Big thing for insurers is not necessarily really the 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 exchanges. It's more the expansion of government programs. Mm -hmm. Um, And if the Republicans start cutting, you know, uh, what they call you know um, Medicare and Medicaid. If they start cutting Medicare and Medicaid, that's going to hurt the insurers.
1: And there is already talk of that once the tax bill was 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 passed yeah, in the Senate last week. Because they suddenly have all this less revenue, and they're saying, "Okay, now we need to let's cut go costs. after Medicaid." Yeah, very smart political choice that to go after after medical costs of many of uh, people, many of whom are going to be your voters uh, in next year's elections. Um, okay, well, let, let's leave that to to one side for now, just on, on the on the pay, but. The, the deal itself that that is netting Bertolini so much money is is strange. I mean, the insurance companies have tried to merge with each other. Um, those didn't all work. Some did, but well, yeah. What happened was there were two giant mega mergers which were proposed and were shot down by the government yeah. last year. So now they come along and they say, okay, um, we'll sell to a, a drugstore chain, CVS. Now let, let me put my on my hat of where I grew up, the UK. It's, it sounds to me it's like it's like. Bupa, the insurance company buying boots the chemist i mean it just it it doesn't make sense to me on that level why i mean it's it's obviously different a business plan over here for both of them but but why is a drugstore chain buying a health insurer
0: well there are two things going on here the first is amazon uh, amazon is getting into um it's obviously a big player in selling things like toothpaste and other uh, sundries and now they are um Looking at selling drugs um, and distributing drugs, and right. in addition to medical devices, that's got uh, CVS running scared because they know. Okay, so you know, in businesses where Amazon has entered, margins have collapsed, um, and a lot of people, so they're they're worried about that. If they can buy an insurer, that means a lot of uh, the insurer, uh, a lot of the people the insurer covers will probably be forced into buy stuff at CVS chain at the CVS chain. CVS can also run the pharmacy benefit.
1: Doesn't that trigger antitrust issues? I mean the whole idea of forcing.
0: It depends how you do it. You know, you can offer incentives versus being forced. Um, The other other thing, the other reason for doing this is is simply cost. Um, CVS runs a bunch of mini clinics, you know, in the back where you can get shots or get treatment for an earache. And the hope is that instead of the insu- instead of having patients go to emergency room or a doctor instead they'll just pop into the local CVs and get some antibiotics and it'd be a lot cheaper for the for the insurer that means they pocket more of the
1: premium okay so i mean there, there's another deal that's happened this week that you've written about which is united health buying buying just a unit of another company, mm-hmm. which I think you're arguing is is, is cu- okay it's a much smaller five billion ish deal but It kind of fits into the same model of of what we're calling, what, vertical integration? integration. Yeah, it's
0: it's a similar sort of thing. So there are all these different parts of the healthcare chain. There's like, you know, if you just look at drugs, for instance, there's the drug maker, there's the pharmacy benefit um, specialist, which what they do is they they try to get the best deals for patients and pocket some of that. You've got the doctors, you've got the patients, you've got the insurers, um, you've got wholesalers. And all of these people, all the participants, except the patients, of course, are trying to
1: don't forget the patients.
0: Yeah. They're trying to take money from each other. They're all saying, okay, so there's this money we spent on healthcare. How can we get the most of it? We can. Mm-hmm. Um, and one way to do it is creative billing. Like I'm sure you've all gone to the hospital and you receive these crazy bills. And you don't know what they're for. A lot of that's trying to figure out how to game payments from right. a health insurer. And the health insurer does the same thing. They try to go to the hospital and say, well, you know, actually, that wasn't this service. It was this service. It was a different service, and we only pay 20% versus
1: 50% for that. So this has got um, huge costs written all over it, surely, because everyone starts trying to game each other, they need smarter and smarter people. Exactly. Um, Or more and more people to make sure that the game continues. I remember speaking to a friend of mine who, he used to run a physio clinic, and he said, "You know, we got two or three members of staff just purely to deal with insurance companies."
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. You walk into if you walk into um, a doctor's office in the UK, there's one person handling administration. Here, you've got three or four people for a very small practice, just handling insurers and dealing with all all the all the paperwork that goes with it. And it's also frustrating for the doctors as well. My brother is a doctor, and he's always talking about he, he has to get permission from insurers to do various surgeries. And, you know, it takes a while. It's, it's a big hassle for everyone trying to do this. Um, so if you can limit them, you, you possibly save some uh, things. The United States spends about 18 percent of its GDP on healthcare. care. Uh, the average industrial country spends uh, about 10 percent. So there's a lot of money being spent it's not clear at all where it's going except into the pockets
1: of these people so the the idea behind these two deals then and, and others is to to somehow take out some of those costs to take out some or all of a chain of middlemen to exactly or at least to stop gaming each other yes you might still need some of the process so
0: if insurer owns a bunch of doctor's chains the doctor's chains doesn't have the four people in there trying to trying to get money from the insurance company insurance company doesn't have all these agents trying to get money from the doctor's office instead everyone's all happy uh and you know
1: the patient probably ends up paying the same amount but (laughs) the insurer is happy so let's, let's 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 um go back to our day job then of crunching some numbers so um the Aetna-CVS deal. So if they're going to, if they see benefits, obviously there are benefits, and also there's there's fear. How do we com- compute this then? So is is it a well structured deal financially? I mean, I, I get the fear, but can you see that in the we deal? We don't. As
0: well? um, it's it's hard to say. They've only promised about um, cost savings, and we we crunch the numbers, and they're worth about five billion dollars um, today. You right. know, just on the annual savings, they're paying about a fifteen billion dollar premium. That right. suggests so, okay. that, you know, there's there's they're not it's not necessarily a great thing. Or if you just look at the return on capital, they're going to earn about six percent, I think. Right. Not great. Um, however, if you can start to capture more of these savings um, in the future, for instance, you know, if, if I don't go to a doctor or, or, you know, an emergency room, I start I just
1: pop down to the minute clinic. There could be a lot more savings So if you get more, more savings and more revenue coming in. Or if it, I suppose, another way they could be looking at it, and I suppose there's no way to quantify this, is at least not for our, our perspective. What revenue would we otherwise lose if we didn't do this? Exactly, I That mean, 10, ten billion x on top of the savings is that's a, that's a big bet to make. E- exactly,
0: that's the logic. Um, however, it's not you know you can't be assured it's going to work. Um, it, Companies tried something similar in the 1990s called HMOs. I don't know if you you probably weren't here, but. No, I remember the name um, when I first got here, yeah. So what they were was they they basically said, Okay, if if you have insurance, you have to go to this certain practice. And they only cover certain um, treatments. And they only pay the doctors a low fee. However, all that did is just it it irritated both the doctors, who didn't have any autonomy, and the patients, who weren't getting covered for things. And these things fell apart. after a few years, and everyone went back to the model. So there's a risk there that this could happen. So, you know, like I said, you know, I, I may, you know, if I have insurance and they're trying to force me into CVS and, you know, the, the CVS is a couple miles away, meanwhile there's a it across the, st- or you know, some other uh, drugstore across the street, I'm not going to be very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if, if they're trying to give me, you know, kind of shoddy service, if I, if I go to the, to the minute clinic and I'm like, well... They didn't diagnose my earache properly. My child, I'm not going to be very happy with the service. So that there's that risk
1: there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, when it comes to healthcare, I mean, for certain things, you'll 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 do a quick visit somewhere, but there's also a degree of trust involved with your doctor, right? So, which yeah, for you, certain, we, a lot of people build that up over years with them.
0: Well, that's that's the other problem with healthcare. It's not really a market because, you know, if you if you buy something like, you know, a bag of almonds, it's very obvious what you're buying and how much you're paying. You can price it around. It's not the same thing. You get a, col- a colonoscopy. You're like, okay, what am I getting? You know, and and, and do you do you call around a bunch of doctors' offices yeah.
1: saying how much how much is that going to cost me? Most people don't do that. Yeah, well, you we throw in an extra service for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, So, what, what's what's your take then? So, so, we've got these mergers happening. We've got Obamacare under threat. Um, where are we looking? It's say five, ten years down the road, where's U.S. healthcare going to be?
0: I think you're going to see two trends. I'm going to see you're going to see more of these vertical mergers. And I think what's going to happen eventually is the government's going to take over uh, health care at some point. It won't necessarily be a single payer, but the government will set rates for all these procedures and will basically pay for them. Um, just because that's the way every other country on earth does it.
1: There you go. I suppose Trump is already halfway there by going around saying he wants to cut all the costs. But uh, I don't know t- taking on the payments as well, I think, I think the Republican Party probably isn't there just yet and uh, thanks for coming on the show Rob you're welcome that's our show for this week I'd like to thank Rob Syren for joining us Cue us also to our producers Freddie Joyner, Ryan Warner and Andrew D'Antonio and our final thanks go to you our listeners for tuning in check us out everyday at breakingnews.com subscribe to the viewsroom room on iTunes and please do share your opinions about our show and do come back and join us next week for another edition